Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Emily Positano, founder and CEO of Made Manifest Brands. Emily has nearly 10 years of experience in branding, helping companies and projects build magnetic brands that draw their audiences back in again and again. Emily, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Nate. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, definitely. We were just talking last time we talked, you were in sunny Arizona. Now we're both in the cold (laughs) Midwest. So just officially welcome back to winter here. (laughs) Thank you. It's a rude awakening. I know we were getting a little breather from the Chicago winter and it was Mm -hmm. amazing. And we were just kind of quarantined in nature for a while. And now we're back to city life. So, well, Emily, definitely thanks for joining us again. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you work with, all that good stuff. Give us your intro. Yes. I founded my company Made Manifest Brands almost two years ago after spending a lot of time working in-house for brands and in agencies focusing on brand strategy and brand building and realized that there was really a gap in terms of need when it came to clients who, who could benefit from powerful branding strategies and, and really needed powerful brand identities, but just couldn't afford the caliber of services that they needed. And so I started my company in order to work primarily with purpose-driven companies. So anyone, small business owners and entrepreneurs using business as a force for good in some way through business and working with them to develop brand identities that are authentic to their business, that are tailored for the folks that they need to reach, and that can really stand the test of time, you know, and that they can use for years to come to represent their business. So we work with clients all the way from the very beginning of brand development, researching brand strategy, all the way through naming, visual identity design and creation, content and communications development, and then implementation and launch. So everything beginning to end as you are conceiving of your identity as you're creating it or imagining it all the way through actually launching it and bringing it into the world. Yeah, very cool. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about kind of, I guess, your definition of branding and what that means? Because we've had other people on the podcast before who've talked about branding and branding is, I feel like, one of those concepts that you can see it from a lot of different angles. There's a lot of different kind of takes you can put onto it. So tell us what branding means to you and kind of how that relates to small business owners. A hundred percent. So brand is a multifaceted ecosystem. And, you know, today brand can mean so many different things to so many different people. So I love that you asked me this question because a lot of times I'll get people who are interested in working with me who are like, yeah, I just need somebody to manage my social media feed. And I'm like, oh, that's definitely not what I do. Like that's really (laughs) important. And that's an aspect of brand, Mm. but that's a brand activation. So there's a difference between brand identity and the ways that you are actually activating or bringing your brand to life in the world through social media platforms, through your website, through, you know, events, partnerships, like all of these really personal brands, like all of these really important elements or facets of your brand. But what I focus on is 
really that brand identity foundation. So if you think about, you know, your identity, like Nate, who you are as a person and what those elements are that make you who you are, that's what I do with businesses to help them define those core, those unique elements that make them who they are and that help them kind of differentiate themselves and stand out in the marketplace and speak to the people that they need to reach or resonate with. So when you're thinking about brand identity, it's crystallizing those elements that may be tangible or intangible that make you who you are so that you can more fully understand your business and yourself as a business owner. And then everything else kind of stems and grows from that solid brand identity foundation. So when you work on your brand identity and you, you kind of get to the core of what you do, how you do it and why it matters, then everything else that you post on social media, for example, is rooted and anchored in a really powerful, strategic, well thought out brand strategy that guides and informs everything you do. That's a great, helpful definition Because yeah, branding is the thing that I think every business owner knows they need to do in some way they need to figure out. But I think oftentimes the question is, what does this actually mean for me? And what does this actually do for my business? So I love your definition of kind of anchoring that consistency back, especially like with social media. I mean, we've all seen businesses that kind of seem like they're all over the place, you know, maybe even offering a lot of different products and services. You're like, what do you really do? So that makes a lot of sense to me, like anchor that back, get consistency, know who you really are. Can you talk more into though, what kind of the real world looks like as far as kind of what branding does, as far as growing the business, as far as meeting customer needs. Like I know the consistency is one piece of that, but how else do you kind of see that pushing forward a business and growing it in that sense? Yeah. I think if you don't know who you are, nobody else will. So brand is actually an amazing way to get your business strategy really laser focused because it forces you as a business owner to ask some important questions about, you know, the positioning of your business, the direction that you're taking, what the ultimate benefit is, you know, your, your value proposition. So like, you know, what is it that you're actually adding to the lives of your customers? You know, I think as a small business owner or as a solo entrepreneur, which I think most of your audience would identify as, you are kind of building the plane as you fly it a lot of times. So you're kind of pulling in inspiration, maybe from a different brand that you've seen in the world that you really admire. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll try that, you know, in my brand, maybe I'll message in this way. But if it's not authentic to you, and if it's not, if your message and your brand is not crafted and built specifically for your audience and the people that you want to reach, it's not going to work for you. So I think the more that you can build a foundation for your business that is specifically tailored for your business strategy, goals, and objectives, the more easily you can then really powerfully communicate with and resonate with the customers that you want to bring in to create, you know, sales. So in terms of business growth, you know, I think everything stems from brand in a way, like the way that you 
market yourself, message yourself, the creative decisions you make in terms of even like social media posts or the way your website looks or different decision you make with packaging or all of these different touch points on your quote unquote customer journey, they all need to really be rooted in and come back to brand. And I think if you can get it together, you know, if you can really spend that time going deep for a couple of months on your brand, then you're making life so much easier for yourself as you are activating, you know, your brand in the world. Yeah. That strategy side, I think is key. And that, that kind of ties it together in my mind when you said that, because if you don't have strategy and you don't have a clear picture, I mean, like even the services that you're offering your clients are going to be all over the place and even how you're offering those services and which ones you kind of prioritize, like without that strategy tied to who am I actually, and what am I actually doing in business? I think you're just all over the place. So Emily, you mentioned solopreneurs and kind of that journey. And yeah, I know some of our listeners are solopreneurs or have been in the past. What kind of challenges do you see for yourself as a solopreneur? What does that look like? How is that challenging at times? Yes, that's a great question. And I think for me, it's recognizing where my zone of genius ends and where it would be smart for me to delegate or bring in an expert that can complement my skill set in a smart way. Because I think for me, you know, I worked in the agency world and then was sort of, I started to build a side hustle. I think this is the story of a lot of folks. And then as I was building my client pool, then I I finally was able to invest capital into myself, into my own business Mm -hmm. and then take the leap. And a lot of us, you know, who maybe don't have that entrepreneurial background and you're kind of doing this for the first time, you don't understand that most normal businesses build in an ecosystem of experts who can take different things off your plate and really allow you to focus on what you are best at. Yeah. I know the question that I often hear business owners talk about when they're getting to that point, you know, where they're starting to realize I've been doing everything and it's too much and I don't have the time for it. Their question always is, what do I outsource first? What is the one? And people will give you all different thoughts. My experience was I wanted to get rid of what I felt the least skilled in first. So I got rid of some of my marketing pieces because I was like, I'm not a marketer. (laughs) You can have that. Please take care of social media and content, things like that. For you, what does that process kind of look like? Yeah, I agree. It's a hundred percent what I'm not as skilled in or what I'm not enthusiastic about doing. Because also as a business owner, like your energy is so important. Managing your energy and keeping the vibe high throughout the day, I think is is just kind of like have yourself to keep yourself motivated and driven and like forward. So anything that kind of sucks my energy or brings me down, I'm like, okay, what are the different creative solutions I can, I can bring in? I think bringing on folks who can help you achieve your next couple of goals that you have in front of you. So even if it's a business coach, you know, I've worked with business coaches in the past. It's an invaluable investment to have somebody else kind of keeping you accountable, keeping you on track, like helping you really meet those goals and grow. For me, I think those are, are the two things. And I know, you know, as a brand person, a lot of people will bring in somebody like me because Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know where to get started with brand. I'm trying a lot of different things. And it looks like a mess. So like, please help. And it's like, yes. And that is my zone of genius. So Mm -hmm. yes, I, you know, that's where we can kind of meet. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I love that part about small business that you have people who are all in one group of 
business owners, but they're so different. I guess advice to listeners is, is get help early if you can. You know, when you have the cash flow to do it, get some help because it makes your life so much better and it makes such a better product too. Yeah. I think when you're transitioning from getting a paycheck from a nine to five into actually running your own business, it, it's a different mindset. You you should be paying yourself, right? I mean, that's part of like a healthy like financial picture <laughs> mm-hmm. and running a business and like supporting yourself and surviving. But you also, businesses reinvest money into the health of their business and they hire folks to, to help them grow. And so to have that kind of growth mindset and mindset of investing in your business, not just worrying. And I think that it's easier said than done. Like you absolutely have to pay yourself, but, but trying to budget in a way where you are growing a fund that you can reinvest back into the company right. in a, in a smart way to support you and, and what you need. Yep. Totally. Yeah. If you read the the book profit first, which is one of my favorites it's on the shelf behind me, but the key part of that book is, is paying yourself first. Cause if you don't pay yourself first, what are you doing as a business owner? So that's always the first (laughs) thing, but I totally agree. You do need to put money aside to, to do some of that outsourcing, to grow the business. Cause otherwise all you're creating for yourself is just a job where you're just working a ton of hours and working and working and working. It's not that much different from being employed. You're just working more hours. (laughs) So it's one of those things you got to kind of find the balance. Yes. You need to pay yourself and you should pay yourself a good amount enough for your family, but you also do need to, you know, having a growth plan to kind of grow out and go from there. So anyways, that's good stuff. Emily, I wanted to, to kind of come back to your niche of working with businesses that are purpose-driven. How did you get into that and, and what kind of appeals to you about that? Yeah, I guess I'm a, a typical millennial in the way that I kind of got into my career in 2010 when, you know, we were having a big economic issue in the, in the U.S. And it was really hard to get a job back then. And I think a lot of millennials you know, we're seeing the world kind of fall apart and that's nothing compared to what's going on now. But a lot of us kind of got into purpose and in some way, you know, wanting your career to do something good in the world. I was a communications person and, but I wanted to, to do something to help other people too with my life. And so I started my career in nonprofit. I started at a grassroots organization in Washington, DC, helping homeless individuals and running communications there. And it was so fulfilling and wonderful and still involved with nonprofits and and work with nonprofit clients. And I'm on a board of a nonprofit. But for me, I I wanted to get out of the in-house role and and help more people through marketing and, and brands. So I transitioned into the agency world and was able to really expand my understanding of what it means to be purpose driven. Because I think Traditionally, purpose refers to nonprofits or NGOs or higher education, you know, kind of those traditional purpose sector entities and not the really kind of rich and growing community of businesses that are finding a way to blend purpose with profit. And, you know, we've kind of in the 10 years of, you know, years of my career now, I've seen this really interesting and I think exciting transition from more traditional, oh, let's offload the do good tasks or the the purposeful tasks onto nonprofits or people who are like designated in society to like take care of people in the community to now really blending purpose into the private sector and putting the onus on 
corporations and businesses and really bringing everyone to the table in a way. And so for me, I feel like most businesses are becoming aware of the importance of purpose. And it's actually, purpose is now expanding kind of more broadly rather than really a niche almost. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it's kind of flip-flopping. Like businesses are, are actually realizing that there's a business case for purpose. And in fact, I think I saw a statistic that it was like 80 so some percent of of consumers either want your brand to solve a problem for them or solve a problem for the world in 2020. Like that's just the expectation of consumers. Hmm. So it's less of like now purpose is for everybody and expected of everybody. Wow. Yeah. I love how you put that. I think you're totally right. In the past, it was, there was such a divide. It was you're either for-profit and your goal is to make profit and be successful or you're, you were nonprofit and, you know, the financials don't really matter and go help some people. And it was like completely divided. And I love that that division is starting to go away in some ways, because think about how many businesses there are, obviously corporations, which are huge and have so much power and wealth that they can give to purposes, but also all the small businesses out there who are employing people in the communities and making small changes through just meaningful employment, meaningful pay. I think that's a really beautiful transition that's starting to happen and hopefully continues to happen. Emily, how do you see that kind of, I guess, working for small businesses? How can they provide purpose and achieve some good in their communities? I love that question. And I think, first of all, it's realizing that you do have power, like recognize that you do have a role and you do have a platform. Even if you are a small business, you can still be an agent of change in in some way. And it doesn't have to be a lofty, save the world type of thing. It's like, what can you do, you know, with the resources you have, with the platform you have, with the product you're selling, what can you do to help your consumers solve a real problem in their lives? Like it can be as simple as that. You know, I think as the business grows, you want to start thinking about CSR, like corporate social responsibility. What policies are you actually baking into your business? I think small business owners can think about that too, you know, like backing upwards with action and infrastructure that really does help to make a change, you know, and and ensures that it's not just like empty words that you're putting out there. But so I think just like taking small action, doing something good with what you have, I think it's also how can you, especially right now in in like the 2020, 2021 now era, how can you make your customers or your audience's lives a little bit better or brighter? So beyond solving a problem, which, you know, I think is the most important thing, what can you also do to just to bring a little bit more joy or levity or happiness? Like even that is is purpose, right? Like some, just be additive in some way to folks. I think with you too, like this podcast, it's obviously a great business tool and it's interesting, but it's a value add beyond just what you do in exchange for money. You know, I mean, it's, it's valuable information that you're putting out there. So even this, I think for you adds purpose to your overall value proposition. Cool. Yeah. I had not thought about it that way. So I appreciate you making me think differently about it. One other thing I want to say, Mm because you brought up everything, you know, that we've seen just this last year and has been so important to, to learn from. I think brands are seeing that they can't just take performative action. You can't just 
say something because you think you should, you, mm. you have to really back up your right. words with real action. And so you just saw so many people over the spring and summer, like posting the black square or posting, we stand for X, Y, and Z. And, and then their audience coming out and saying, no, you don't remember when you did the <laughs> this. Yeah. And it's so important. That's why I honestly love, I think we had talked about this last time, but B cores, like mm-hmm. just the B core benefit corporation entity. So it's kind of in between nonprofit and for-profit. You have to actually prove that you have created yeah. social impact, like to, for your business model to be viable you are expected to actually bake systems and infrastructures into your business that ensures that you are paying off on that marketing message. And so I think for brands today, especially ones that want to leverage or harness purpose or make purpose a part of their identity, which is again, a smart thing to do, you have to make sure that your actions are matching up with your message. Yeah. B cores are really cool. If you want to look more into that. There's some great web resources on it, but it, it's a relatively new piece. There are some larger corporations that are part of that. I believe, I don't want to say this without knowing it for sure, but I feel, believe Patagonia is a B Corps. Um, mm-hmm. And they're always very obvious about what they stand for and kind of their values. So that's not surprising, but it's a pretty cool movement that's happening to, like you said, hold businesses accountable to. You can't just say things and make it sound like you're doing good. You know, you have to actually do some good. So one of the developments that I love that's happening in business Emily, this has all been really great. Any other insights you can give on branding or business ownership in general before we finish up here? So much pressure. No, I think my advice to business owners and you know people growing a business is don't feel like you have to do everything in a vacuum, especially now it's so hard because we're all stuck inside for the most part, but get out there and talk to people, network, build relationships, And from a brand perspective, talk to people who embody your ideal customer and get to know their needs, their pain points, what their experience is, what they're going through. Because brand is really in its best way that it can function or serve your business. It functions as a mirror that you hold up to your audience or your customers to reflect themselves back to themselves to help them realize that they are in the right place, that you get me, that you Mm. understand me, you know what I'm going through, you know what my pain points are. And the more that you can meet with people and just do a quick networking call with somebody who you're like, you you are the exact kind of person I want to work with. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your business. How can somebody like me help you? And then try to start baking or building your messaging or brand platform from there, I think that's a good place to start, like to actually do your research and not just hypothesize, like, I think this is what people want. Really set some time, you know, during your week to have 20, 30 minute calls to really understand what your customer wants. I think brand and business is about relationships. So make sure you're Mm -hmm. not letting that fall on the wayside just because we can't be together right now. Uh, That's such great advice. Emily, thanks so much for your time today. Where can listeners find out more about you if they want to learn more about what you're doing and branding in general and all that good stuff? Yeah, they can head over to mademanifestbrands.com. Everything is there, free resources, blogs, brand kit information, information to work with me, or just to show you where to start on your brand building journey. So you can head over to my website and I'm also on Instagram as mademanifestbrands. Sounds good. Guaranteed to be 10 times more useful than Google search. So yes, (laughs) actually though, well, Emily, thanks again. 
And thank you listeners for joining us on the Navigating Business Podcast, and we will see you next time.